two writers talking shit. That's right. We are back. With another episode. Another episode and an amazing manager here mm. from Bellevue, John Zalzerny. And uh, yeah, man, let's get into it. The, the manager episodes do the best. Mm. Zach Zucker. Oh yeah, you're telling me about this in Austin. Yeah, he, he has the most. Gotta, pop- I gotta beat his numbers. You got You got You got to beat his numbers, man. So um, let's just dive into the water, which is when writers like recently. I've been talking to a lot of upcoming writers, and is now a good time to reach out to managers to be rep per se as opposed to when exactly exactly so my point is is it ever a good time like <laughs> right. <is> some- <laughs> right right i mean you know i mean i would say the only bad times would be um you know during like the winter vacation like i i which does not stop some people i got <laughs> i got query emails on christmas on what? new year's by, by the way i don't know if you remember the site but i like complained about someone sending me a query letter on christmas and i got viciously attacked by a bunch of people on twitter <laughs> no way yeah they were like how dare you maybe they don't know maybe that's the only day of the year they can send you a query what? you've destroyed writer's spirits and i was like okay um, you know, some people, you know, don't whatever. send on Christmas, y'all. That's exactly. Yeah, I, to no. me, that 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 seems somewhat, uh, you know, easy advice to give. But um, you know, maybe avoid the weekends. Yeah. I would say yeah. uh, office you know, hours. Stick to the office hours. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't mind if I get a query letter like later in the day. I mean, the, the time zone thing or whatever. Like that doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm not like offended, but it yeah. just is one of the things like, when would you want someone to reach out to you about a potential work thing, you know? That's a good point. Um, and there's also this amazing thing called schedule send, which means Man, you can send <laughs> an email whatever time. I, I send a, write a lot of emails at midnight that go out at 8 a.m. the next day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but beyond that, I think what you're asking about are larger kind of institutional or infrastructural kind of you know industry things i mean there's just no good time right and there's no bad time yeah. which is weird to say i mean I, that's not true there are times that are more difficult than others but that's through no you have no control over that right like the strike for example did mm-hmm. you get queries doing a strike i did not a lot i think mm-hmm. there was a feeling out there that you couldn't reach out to managers which to my understanding was inaccurate the wj yeah. there's no issue with reaching out to manager whether you're in the wj or not yeah. now we didn't take out material Um, That was verboten, uh, which is totally understandable and fine, but you could absolutely uh, reach out to to reps. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, but some people felt like that. And I would say the number, I got the least uh, queries ever during the strike, you know. So I think people were a little fuzzy on the rules and nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to be to cross a line or be, you know, be seen as a scab or, you know, unintentionally get themselves in trouble with the WGA. Um, but we can talk with the moment in time right now, which is, I think it's so funny. I feel like I've been saying this for Please. a long time. It's as hard as it's ever been. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would say it's as hard as it's ever been on the TV side, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. considering that for maybe the last eight years, maybe even 10 years, the TV side has really been the boom. I remember when I was in film school, it was really like film was the focus and TV wasn't. And then that's because I went to film school like in like the early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, late 90s. Uh, and then obviously at a certain point when I started going to film schools to like meet, to talk to people or, or, or potentially sign people or whatever, it had very much swung and people were more focused on TV than features because there were more opportunities there. I, I do think the pendulum, 
uh, tricky because Saeed uh, is no, a team writer and keep also it. is you know a client no. at my company. No, keep um, it no we want the but you know I think it's as hard as it's ever been for TV writers. I think if you're established, such as Saeed, um, I think you know it's uh, you're it's going to be easier to survive or, or get through. Mm-hmm. Just in the sense of like you are an established name, you've staffed before, people know who you are. Um, I do think, and this is just what I'm hearing um, anecdotally, but that the rooms are getting smaller and they're getting more inclined towards mid-level and up writers. Um, the feeling being, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm, sim- you know, I don't set the marketplace. But I just have to listen to it and figure out how to guide my clients through it. Um, the feeling being that if you're having fewer writers. Uh, then you want people who are already established. When I was at Austin, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm blanking on his name, but this you know really well established, successful, very um, smart uh, uh, TV writer who um, Jonathan Fusco, I can't remember his name. John, uh, who was on did Animal Kingdom the TV show was okay. on Yellow Jackets? Jonathan yeah. Lisko. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had said that he's like, are you in a? I, I believe he said this, and if not, he uh, it's it's a very I'm attributing yeah, to him. Yes, he is saying you know you have to figure out the TV show you're on is a uh, a, a working hospital or a teaching hospital. Mm. A teaching hospital where you know if you're an up and coming writer, they are going to guide you and bring mm-hmm. you along. Where a working hospital, they don't have time for that. It's yeah. all hands on deck, you know? Mm-hmm. You gotta learn as you go. Um, and I think, you know, if you're running a working hospital in that, to use that metaphor, um, there's just no time to get mm-hmm. people, you've never produced an episode, we don't have time to teach you how to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You've never written this, an episode before, we don't have time to teach you to do that. I think that's unfortunate for a lot of reasons, but I also have to react to the marketplace and be aware of that. Um, I, I do think for me, and I think, you know, while I've kind of talked with other managers and other agents, um, there's less of a focus on up and coming writers because, you know, I have up and coming writers. I've already, if I, if I am working with a client, um, I feel like I've made a promise to them to Mm -hmm. work as hard as I can to get them staffed. And I can only take on so many people at that level, um, who've never staffed before because I've got to focus, there's going to be not a lot of opportunities and I want to focus on the people that I already have signed. Mm -hmm. Um, so unless I read a pilot and just, you know, blows, if I I'm still reading people, Mm -hmm. but it's, the bar is higher than it's ever been, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I do think there's less, there's, it's undoubtedly that there's going to be less TV opportunities going forward. Um, and as a result, I think there's going to be more of a focus on people who are already established. Um, and so, yeah, there's just going to be less opportunities and you kind of have to adjust to that reality. On the feature side, it feels like maybe there's more opportunities or mm. at least the diminishment has not hit them as hard because mm-hmm. streamers were not making, making as when you're thinking of like Disney Plus or you're thinking of, you know, Netflix or Hulu, you're thinking mostly of TV shows. You're not thinking as much about movies. They do make movies, but it doesn't feel like there was as much of a focus necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it also doesn't feel like there's as much of a focus of necessarily pulling back. There will be less movies made by the streamers, but I don't think the deficit will be as dramatic as it is in the TV side. Mm. So, you know, I would say it is one of those times where, you know, features are coming back a little bit, you know, that's cool. that'll be interesting to see how that kind of ripples out into the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, that's actually one of our questions. Like what is the appetite on like the spec market? So that's feature film specs for anybody who isn't unfamiliar with the term. Um, Does it feel like people are buying? Like, what are they hungry for? What are they interested in? 
I mean, the truth is we don't know yet. Mm. I'm taking out my, uh, I've taken out a, a few specs so far. I'm taking out a, kind of a, a big one as well on um, Monday. Uh, and we'll know because uh, it's uh, just to give you know when we're taping this we're taping this right uh right as sundance is coming to an end mm -hmm. traditionally you don't take out feature specs um in january that often occasionally you do kind of maybe earlier in the month or if they're not really sundance oriented stuff mm -hmm. um you know we took out one that was kind of a big sci-fi action thing um but they tend to be you tend to take them post sundance um, if you, if they, you know, because you just don't want to, you don't want to worry about executives already being out of town. Mm. Um, and so we'll really see. I don't think there's been a ton of spec sales. There's been package sales, you know, uh, you know, actress, a direct, you know, A-list actress, A-list director, mm. a, you know, script from A-list person or what it's mm -hmm. like. Matt Damon, George, um, Ben Affleck directing Matt Damon in a screenplay, right. you know, rewritten by Billy Ray, you know, from right. a writer who's more up and coming, but still like, yeah. okay, that's going to sell, you yeah. know? Um, it's just a matter of to who and how much, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, the pure spec. I haven't seen yet. I have some scripts I'm taking out that I'm really, really excited about. Oh. Um, I don't really know. I actually was talking to someone, a writer, a client, uh, on Friday and they're like, Oh, when are you gonna take out my kind of smaller horror oriented script? And I was like, you know, I don't know yeah. because I don't know what the marketplace is going to be like. Mm -hmm. If the marketplace is really, really flooded with material, if the executives are taking home 20, 30 scripts a weekend, I might hold on your script till later in the year, till April, May. Mm -hmm. yeah. Once I feel like that kind of wave is maybe died down slightly mm -hmm. because they're going to, you know, a smaller horror film might not jump out as much as a really loud high concept film mm -hmm. might, you know, because the more studio oriented, more um, commercial material, because it's commercial in the sense of being a bigger budget, um, slam dunk, you know, kind of thing. Um, so the scripts that are a little smaller, a little more indie oriented, you're probably going to hold those so they don't get drowned out by the volume of material that theoretically could be coming out. Because, you know, I, mean, I can speak for myself as a company, we didn't take out very many scripts last year. Right. Because, you know, the strike hit in, what was it, May, May. 1st, May. I want to say. Yeah. But then even before then, you weren't taking out specs in April, really. Because if you're like, okay, take a script out in April, takes a week or two for people to read. Maybe an offer comes in in mid to late April. Or we can get the deal done by May 1st. Right. Wow. Because yeah. like that's that, right? You can't, I think you- Because those to, are frozen. Right. You like I had a deal that was actually in contract status that was frozen. You I know how it is. Yeah. 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 So like you're not aiming to do that. So right. really the window for taking out specs and remember the Sundance thing was February, March of last year. Mm -hmm. Then the strike is over uh, late September. So then you have October to some degree, November. November is always tricky because right. you're getting near Thanksgiving. Again, another dead zone. Yep. And so, you know- uh, Anecdotally, I was saying there. I don't think there were a ton of specs written during the strike. Not at all. Uh, there were a few, but not a ton. Um, writers were depressed. I know. Not we, were, we talked yeah, about I think that. The uncertainty, <laughs> um, the lack of a deadline. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I think. Totally. And how long it went? I think. Yeah. I think we all thought it would be like a couple months. I, my I mean, not you. I, my, <laughs> my prediction had always been to Labor Day, yeah. and in fact, it actually went beyond Labor Day, which cost me. I have to go buy uh, another manager dinner now. Um, <laughs> because I, although to be fair, he was talking like December, and I was like, "There's no oh, yeah. way." Uh, so it's, ha it's a half dinner because he was wrong too. But yeah. he well, oh, I'm, I, you know, we, we that wasn't part of the bet. That he was okay. smart enough okay. not to, he was basically like this or that. And oh, so, okay. <laughs> even though I feel like I was closest to the pin, yeah. uh, you know, oh, it's like the, what is it? Price like, is um, right. Press is right, you rules, you're over, you're over, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, 
the, the question really is if people did people write specs post strike, right? right. Um, and are those ready to go? So we're going to see what the marketplace is like. So the answer to your question is I don't know yet. Uh, I'm hoping that it's back, um, but it really remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, that's smart. I mean, I heard that also. I heard that like a lot of people held their scripts. And oh yeah, we were doing that. We held yeah. stuff, stuff that we did have that was done. Yeah. We held, um, you know, November, December, because you're yeah. just like, well, what we had kind of heard was that, um, and this was true in the TV space as well, and features and TV, was that, you know, maybe a third of the buyers were kind of offline trying to figure out what they right. wanted to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could take something out, but why take something into a marketplace, a diminished marketplace? Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, Amazon's really buying. Well, mm-hmm. cool, like Hulu's not, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd rather go out and have 10 potential buyers, just mm-hmm. pull up a random number, mm-hmm. than seven. That's just right. it's just better odds, you know? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. What about uh, the rom-com? Because that's something that mm-hmm. people keep asking about. And I noticed, like, I saw some, I was going to pull up on my phone, but I think the Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. Anyone but you. Yeah. yeah, my friend. It did well, actually. It did. Well, yeah, it was my friend Maya. That's her movie over okay. at Sony. She's the executive on it. Yeah. And then I heard it friend, did like 80 million or something. It's like, still going. Alyssa yeah, Oldman like, produced it. Yeah. Okay. And so um, a lot of uh, friends who were involved in that movie, and it's been really amazing to see it. Um, open, you know, okay, yeah. and, but then but I mean, better than going. they thought. Like, I mean, it's you know, it opened slightly better okay. than they thought, but okay. it wasn't. I think it did like eight or something. Okay, which like no one's like, oh my god, it opened to eight. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, you'd I have to go you. to double digits for people to start yeah. paying attention. But then it just it Kept stayed going. and it pulled up to number one eventually. Yeah. Well, um, you know, apparently, like, um, it was like Gen Z and Gen Alpha like went, crazy went to TikTok it. and like created like a complete yeah, that's what she and like that's what's allegedly like driven ticket sales. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that that's the only thing necessarily because that was true. Then Saltburn would be still playing around the world, right? Because Murder the Dance Floor was so huge. What it kind of came? I don't know if you knew that, but like, it's Saltburn has propelled Murder the Dance Floor to like being oh, exactly like the oh. number one spot on Spotify oh, for viral charts. Okay, like, for the song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, they, they did that for this, this unwritten song uh, that's yeah. in anyone but you. But I mean, you also just got talked up to like that's a movie. I mean, like, what comes of that? I think it's great for Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell yeah. if you're involved yeah. in their careers. Yeah. It's great for Will Gluck. Um, does it mean that that rom coms are back? It's hard to say. Mm. I mean, when, when you, I think what's tricky is when we're like, oh yeah, there's this rom-com and it went viral. People are like, okay, well, well we have another rom-com. Is that going to go viral? Do right, things have right, to go right. viral? Yeah. And so I think it's not a bad thing for rom-coms, but the reality is that they just haven't, been, I, if my client had an amazing idea for one, great. Yeah. But it, I think they are really hard unless they are packaged with talent you know, mm-hmm. true movie stars yeah. um, I mean that's what this is an example of I mean they, <laughs> I mean, it, it, they were right. they were they were up and comers at the time oh, so I think it was did? a relatively okay. inexpensive okay. bet to make yeah. I'm talking more like Ticket to Paradise where it's Julie right, Roberts like George Clooney, Clooney. Right. Yeah, exactly. or Sandra yeah, Bullock yeah, Channing yeah, Tatum Lost okay, City kind of stuff you know that's more what I'm thinking is you're like oh we have you know these two amazing established movie stars yeah. um, and then it's probably maybe even then a streaming play you know yeah. so and, and to the upcoming writers out there, not, we're not saying you have to write this because I know the internet goes or crazy. Don't have to, or the the, the inter- Twitter goes crazy whenever you say, whenever we ever talk about genres and stuff. Like, mm. we're not saying to follow these genres, right? But we're saying if you're a comedy writer, and because I, I feel like all this shit goes in cycles. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you might as well, like, if, if you have, a, like you said, if you have a great rom com idea, 
write it, hold it. If it ain't the time, like, you know what I'm saying? Until it comes back. I don't think you even need to hold it. I think you go out with it. And, like, there's a movie coming out called Ricky Stanky. Yeah, Uh, I saw that. That script is a hilarious script. But it's been around since... what's it called? Ricky Ricky Stanky. It's John Cena, Zac Efron. Yeah. And it's it's got one of the best, cleanest comedy concepts I've ever heard in my entire life, which Tight. is this group of guys, whenever anything goes bad, they blame their friend Ricky Stinicky, who does not exist. <laughs> okay. And they're like, oh, babe, we have to go help Ricky. He's Stinicky. like in the hospital so they can go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. That's like their out card. And, and then they get in trouble and they're like, we know Ricky's not real. Yeah. And so they have to hire a guy to play Ricky. <laughs> so, they, so you're already laughing. Hilarious, yeah. yeah. But it's that, like that's such an 80s vibe. Well, yeah. it's sold in 2010. Oh, okay. When wow. comedy wow. was still, I want to say 2010, 2012, when comedy was still a really big thing. Yeah. It was still funny. Well, not like right. now where comedy just makes you cry. Right. <laughs> and so that the fact that it's just coming out now gives yeah. you an idea of how even during the boom, or mm-hmm. if you have a great, if a great script will out, I truly do believe that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it can take longer than you necessarily expect. So people should always. What I view my job as a manager is not to tell people not to do things. I mean, like if someone has written something patently offensive, then yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like not to tell people, hey, you can't write a $200 million Western starring teenagers. But I'd be like, hey, Westerns are hard. $200 million movies are hard. And there's not many teenage movie stars. Yeah. So you've made it really, really difficult for yourself. What I would say is the things that I feel like people are really looking for, other than some, you know, the theoretical big IP, which no yeah. one's going to get their hands on. No. Um, Not but, any new writer. <laughs> well, yeah, and all, but I mean, like, is is high concept sci-fi action or horror? Okay. People want their talk to me. Yeah, you know, people say they want their barbarian. Although I suspect if they got their barbarian, they wouldn't know. Well, to know what to do with it. Of but they want not. their smile. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, they want that cool. You know, Palm Springs. It's talked about a lot. You know, that was a that was um, a comedy kind of. Yeah. yeah, that was a like that was kind of a rom com. Yeah, it repeated yeah. over and over. Time looper, time yeah. Looper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, time loop movies, so, which is an old trope. Uh, yeah, yeah, oldish, yeah. but yeah, Groundhog Day, yeah, classic, yeah, yeah. classic, yeah. classic trope. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I love my time loop movies. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where. Um, the, the, but that is the thing people are looking for. If, if you were to ask me straight up, what are you yeah. looking for? Um, look, I I have always been a genre person. I've produced a number of horror films. Sure. I rep a lot of horror writers. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking for horror and genre, yeah. um, and especially high concept, which I would define as like you know, my client um, Chris Tom Stevlin wrote a script, original script called Video Nasty, which mm-hmm. is very much in the vein of like Jumanji, but for horror films essentially. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff you know these that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, you know, where it's like, Oh, big idea, you know, immediately like, like talk to me, you know, although I would say the thing that interesting thing about talk to me is I think the idea is somewhat familiar, which is cursed object, Mm -hmm. but the execution of it was so stupendous. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but you know, horror, if you look at the box office, you know, it remains as such a really, um, it doesn't cost a lot typically because it's not yeah. very movie star driven necessarily. It doesn't cost a lot and it tends to generate a pretty good return. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say the one tricky thing about horror is that it's seen as somewhat lowbrow. Yeah. I don't see it as such, but a lot of people do. And so that's why I think, um, you know, you look at like Amazon, they don't do a ton of horror. You know, mm-hmm. I think because they kind of see it as maybe not right for the brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the tricky thing is executives in town. Um, maybe aren't themselves fan of horror, so they're not looking to do a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the <coughs> one obstacle I think that comes up for horror, but 
people tend to always be looking for high concept horror, mm-hmm. action, sci-fi, thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that people are are actually looking for. And to be fair, have been looking for for many, many years. So I don't feel like anything I'm saying here is news. Yeah, that's dope. Mm. Uh, all right, let's take it back a little bit. What do you look for in writers when you sign them? And are you like, do contests matter to you? Um, I see contests as a great way for me to potentially be exposed to uh, talented writers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read for a number of them. Uh, I feel like I remember read for Screencraft, Austin, uh, Script Pipeline, other ones that I'm Final Draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read for them, and I purely, you know, if I'm reading someone and I and I and I really like it, like I just met with someone. Um, this week, who had sent me a, a I read every this thing called Killer Shorts, mm-hmm. and I met myself and my colleague met with um, a writer that I read like four years ago because I mm-hmm. really like their short, you mm-hmm. know. And then we stayed in touch, and they sent me a feature version of it recently, and really liked it. So we're talking. That's um, dope. So you know, it exposes me to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that like someone's like, "Hey, I won this, or I won that." Like that doesn't necessarily if just because you won something doesn't right. mean I'm going to read it per se. Um, right. But it, it might mean that I'll look at the logline a little more closely, but. You know, it also depends on the festival. Someone emailed me something. They're like, I won the main oh, no. horror period <laughs> category. Iced, yeah. iced coffee Right. They're like, I won know. best war film at the main yeah. whatever. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, it's like this within this within this. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it has to be one of the bigger ones for me to really pay attention to it. But conversely, really what I'm paying attention to is the log line. That's I don't I care if them. you want to want a film festival or not. If you've known zero film festivals and you have an amazing log line, I'm requesting it. So, you know, they're helpful in that way. And I found a lot of people in particular from Script Pipeline mm-hmm. um, who are very good about always, Matt Misetich over there, very good about sending me um, and have sent me great writers who become clients and friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but, like, you know, like what makes a log line jump out at you? What makes a great log line? It's hard to say. It's kind of the same thing as like what makes a great pop song, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you just know it when you hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if I have to really science it, I would say sometimes, and, and Save the Cat talks about this, there can be a contradiction inherent in the mm-hmm. log line, you know? Mm-hmm. This but this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it just seems cool. I remember, so my client, Alad Ziv, wrote a script called Court 17, which was originally called Loser when mm-hmm. he sent it to me, mm-hmm. uh, which is not my favorite title for the concept, which is why we ended up changing it. But you look past the title. Right, and the log, log line was, line, yeah. I mean, it's funny, he was like, by the way, I'm roommate, former roommates with this guy who introduced you to your wife. I was like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't think anyone else <laughs> is going to be able to do This guy to, to who do what? <laughs> so my client, Alad, used to live with this guy called Eric Dickinson, uh-huh. and Eric is the person who introduced me to my wife. Oh. And so so you've got to read yeah, that email. I mean, I probably was I mean, going to... You don't have to read the script, but you at least got to pay attention to I did, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I know Eric Dickinson. Yeah. I was like, okay, interesting. <laughs> um, and um, and so... When you got to that log line. Well, the log, yeah, the log line was, and I'm going to butcher it, it's the same log line that ended up in the... It was number two in the blacklist a couple years yeah. ago. Um, the log line was something, basically, the way, I'll just pitch it the way that I pitch it to people, which is, it's a kind of like tennis pro, a female tennis pro professional player coming to the kind of the end of her career and she ends up playing the best player in the world who is um like 18 19 super young Mm -hmm. reminds her of a younger version of herself gets completely destroyed Mm -hmm. wakes up the next day it's the same exact day and so she has to find a way to beat the best player in the world and that idea was really it it almost felt like a video game to me in the sense of like or just this idea that you sometimes have which is like wow if i did a million loops could i figure out how to like 
become the best UFC fighter in the world. Yeah. Or like, or fight someone because I would just learn there. But like, mm-hmm. oh, you always cock your head to the left yeah. when you punch right or like yeah. punch out or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, you're right. Um, and so that was a really interesting concept. I was like, oh, that's that's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that's kind of you know the phrase is sticky essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I remember really just thinking about it weeks after I'd kind of mm-hmm. read it. I was like, wow, that feels. And tennis was so perfect oh, yeah. because a team sport you have to rely on other people, but in tennis it's one on one, and so it's like, okay, can you? Can you, even though this person's younger than you and, and faster, can you beat this person on a pure, purely Strategic, mental level? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, you kind of were asking what I look for in clients. Yeah. And so what I always say is it starts with talent and, mm-hmm. the, and the writing talent and the writing ability. And that's simply like, did you write a cool... Is your, is your concept cool? And like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I'm not really good at writing log lines, but hopefully a cool concept can survive a mediocre log, log line. line. Although I would yeah. say like running a log line is part of writing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I think there, you know, if you come up with a great concept slash log line that hooks me into reading your screenplay and then is the screenplay good. And then if the screenplay is good, I'm going to want to meet with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So then that's the writing talent element mm-hmm. of it. So then I get in the room with the person or over zoom or whatever the situation is. And I'm talking to them. And what I'm looking for then is like, are they driven? Are they focused on this as a job or mm-hmm. this is kind of a hobby for them? Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, to be fair, that can sometimes be a little bit tricky to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can kind of be like, how much have they written before? Like, I'm not obsessed with someone having, like, my wife really broke through with Blonde Ambition. That was the mm-hmm. first script she ever wrote, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not as obsessed with, like, you have to written three or four screenplays for right. me to even consider you. you but know? if you wrote a hundred, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know. Well, yeah, some some people, <laughs> I mean, what really throws me is people are like, hello, this is my TV show. I've written three seasons of it, <laughs> you know? True story. They're like, I've written 22, 22 wow. episodes a season, and I've got, right. like, 66 episodes written. And I'm like, that's a little weird. You know, it's, it's a little Maybe you should have spent your time on a different concept. Yeah, like yeah. people are so obsessed with writing, sometimes they don't think about like that. Coming up with a concept is writing onto itself. True. Mm-hmm. So you know your drive, your kind of professionalism. That's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking at honestly who you are in the room, and like True. whether that's the Zoom room or the actual physical room. Mm-hmm. Are you a collaborative person? Do I enjoy being in the mm-hmm. room with you? What I want is them to come out of the room and and Saeed, I know this happens with you, so I'm yeah, gonna brag sure. about you for Thanks. a second. Which is, I know when people get in the room with Saeed, they go, mm-hmm. Oh man, I gotta find a way to work with him how do I work with him you know and that's what you want Mm -hmm. um, with a client is 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 then they get in a room with someone that the exact because the writing gets them in the room the executives likes their screenplay same as I do and if they get in the room they're like wow I like this person I want to find a way to work with this person Mm -hmm. I trust this person Mm -hmm. because writing isn't you can write an amazing screenplay and then the right next one could be terrible it it almost is like the executive has to like believe in you Mm -hmm. right um, you could have a great take and then you fumble it, you mm-hmm. know? So they're kind of like trusting you in a way. And, you know, and so, which is tricky because so often writers are like, well, I'm like Charlie Kaufman. I'm bad in a room. I'm so, you know? <laughs> and like, you have to be so good to overcome that. And that's just how screenwriting is. It's not like novels. No. It's not like plays. Like there is an element of collaboration and not that there isn't with plays, but like there's an element of selling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And selling that you are the person to get to solve the problem, and mm-hmm. that's to some degree why the money is so good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because if you do get in there, they're paying you a lot of money, and they're mm-hmm. hoping that you solve their problem, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I'm looking for: is this a person? Coll- 
remember talking to someone and you know i can't remember how exactly got onto it they, this is a true story they started like dissing my wife's script they're like oh, i mean blonde ambition wasn't that good and she still got a career and i was like okay cool well anyways talk yeah. to you and i'm That's, like i'm also like if you're that bad socially yeah. just with me your per- first person yeah, done no research God knows, yeah. no he had done the research he oh, just he so knew he knew he knew, oh, yeah, he oh, knew. Wow. oh so he was like negging you. i'm like yeah. that's bad on all levels right. like oh no yeah he like, was and, like, and you never talk down because you never know just just advice for writers out there you never talk down on any movie or anything mm-hmm. in an in a introductory meeting because you don't know if that executive worked on that picture oh, or yeah. produced that movie. There's been times where I met an executive and they end up producing some movie a year ago that has nothing to do with the job they have right now. Mm-hmm. So if I walk in there and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I hate that piece of shit ass movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, that's the end of the meeting right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, they, it won't be. They'll just like smile oh, at yeah, you. Yeah. And then you'll never yeah, get it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, if we want to get, get in tr- real trouble with yeah. Twitter site, yeah. you mean like you know, our, our like Sean's advice, which is yeah. you know, don't be a jerk, you yeah. know, on Twitter. Like Twitter too. that's one of those things is like if you're out there, you know, and you're like being like, this movie is so terrible. Yeah. Everyone involved is a moron. Yeah. And then like, by the way, yeah. like people like search out reviews. They yeah. search out reviews and they remember them. I don't know if you saw this, but um, Eva Mendez when uh, Ryan Gosling got a not got an Oscar yes. nom, yeah. she posted up like this mm-hmm. article that was like, what a tear, how can looks ta- from Rolling Stone that was. Uh-huh. How, she like she like circled certain lines oh, she didn't like shit, like yeah. she had kept those receipts from like a year ago uh-huh. or two years when however long it was yeah. you know Holy and she shit. sat on them oh, waiting shit. you know yeah. for the so, opportune time trust me the people are searching their movie on Twitter and other yeah. places and when you don't remember the crazy thing is you don't remember the good reviews you just remember the yeah. bad reviews for sure you yeah. know and, and to be blunt you know this is I never told anyone this but when someone talks a lot of not necessarily shit on me or someone's just when people are saying things that I personally think are like super weird I yeah. just I'll mute them because I don't want to hear them and then if I'm like down because I just don't want them in my feet and then yeah. like if someone says to me I'm like oh who is this person and I'm like mm-hmm. why is your name familiar I'm like oh I muted them oh, I'm like ah they get back <laughs> maybe something go I, maybe something going on with this person yeah. right um, because that is one of those things where like you know you are looking for people who are going to re- I represent my clients but my clients also represent me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so it's one of those things where if people are talking a lot of Shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, right two writers talking shit, but yeah. do you know what I'm saying? But if they're if they're if they're being, you know, I'm not saying that people can't have constructive conversations. Yeah. But when people are being aggressively nasty, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's it's a very weird thing to do. I just I I, I I always tell people like, look, I talk about shit I like. I don't have time to talk about shit I, I that's don't exactly like. My like you know what I'm saying? If like, I'm talking like, about something, I'm I'm gonna, I like to promote the things that I feel really excited about. Yeah. If I don't like something, why am I wasting energy? Absolutely. Yeah. And and on top of that, it it about uh, just how they track it. I remember when I when I got on Flatbush, mm-hmm. um, I literally was like a fan of the show, so I talked about it maybe six months before I got staffed. Mm. And they were like, yeah, we researched. Because in the interview, I was like, yeah, I, I know the show because I've already been a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, we already checked that. Yeah. And I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Good thing I didn't say, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but by the way, like, that's the kind of thing you would do to someone if you were right. dating them. Or, or a job. Gonna, or, like, yeah, if I'm going to yeah. hire someone, I'm, like, yeah. definitely checking them. They do background oh, checks. By the way, you get in trouble. Other, like, think about it. I hire someone and they've said incredibly offensive things yeah. or they're, yeah. you know, yelling at people or they're yeah. whatever. People like, that's representing me, yeah. you know, as in they're like, wow, how, how can you stand behind this person? Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Also, it's like every thought you have doesn't need to be expressed online. Yeah, you could just keep it yeah. to yourself. 
yourself. People you can write treat, in your diary. People, <laughs> well, that, well, that's what I would say. People treat Twitter like it's live journal. Yeah, it's you not. know, and they're just like, today I had a really awful day. And then I had to see the <laughs> face of that actor who I hate. Yeah. Why don't they just die? Oh my you know, and you're like, oh my goodness. And then five years later, they're trying to get a movie set up with that actor. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's just, it's also just negativity. And, and also, no one sets out to make a bad movie or a TV show the point. or whatever. Yeah. And if you, I remember when I was just an intern in this industry, I was like, yeah, I saw that movie. Man, those guys wrote that script. What a piece of crap that was. And the, yeah. and my, the executive, Sam Dickerman, who's now a VP at Disney, was like, mm-hmm. sat me down. He's like, he's like, if a movie's not good, never blame the writers. Right. He's like, it's either the director's fault or the chain of blame is like either the director or the actor, depending on who's more important yeah. in the movie, they had the most power over it. Yeah. And then you go down and then it's either the, either the actor or the director, and then it goes to the studio, yeah. then it goes to the producer. And then, and it's like the bottom is the writer, you know, yeah. let alone by the way, the writer. now that I've worked on a bunch of movies, it's like, it's like the writer who gets credited is not necessarily, they might've not touched the script in two years. Mm-hmm. You know? Facts. Yeah. That's another thing. Like sometimes you'll see, those names or somebody's name might not be on something. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I met with Joe Robert Cole and he was like, he did a lot of that writing on that Atlanta movie that had T.I. in them back in the day. Oh like, my God, that movie? I, yeah, like I was just like, it was funny because it was like, yeah, my name wasn't credited, but I did a lot. Because I was just, I was asking him like, where'd you come from kind of? Right. And he was like, man, I wrote this movie. Because out of nowhere. Yeah, because he was on uh, O.J. He was on O.J. But right. I remember he was like, bro, I wrote that Atlanta movie and I was like, wow, I didn't even see your name on there. But anyhow, uh, yeah, that's. Uh... I mean, it's funny because people. I always talk about that with my wife because, like, you know, it's like, yeah, she's never on the blacklist and all that kind of stuff. And you know, she's other. She just wrote Freaky Friday Two and all that that's kind of tight. stuff. But like, you can have a long career and that's how you get things made. People are like, well, what, what happened to this person? Yeah. It's like they are working steadily. You just yeah. don't know because you're not in the, the business necessarily. Yeah. The business know? knows, but the people. Yeah, know. absolutely. Um, okay, so with your clients, what? When, you're, when your client brings you like new material, let's say they're like, okay, I've got this great idea for mm-hmm. a pilot, like I'm gonna go ahead and write it out. Like, how do you determine like, this is just gonna be a sample for you versus like, this is gonna be a show we're gonna take out and pitch? Uh, I mean, look, you wanna treat everything like this show that you could take out and pitch on, on, a, on a theoretical level you do. Um, you know, I mean, look, more practically, if the person is like, never sat before, if they're like staff writer, story writer level, it's gonna be an uphill battle. Yeah. But you never know, right? Um, uh, you just kind of, it's like you write things, different things for different needs. You know, I have a more established client and he's like, he's kind of written, worked in kind of more network TV, uh, broadcast TV, most of his career. So we're trying to work on kind of what we call the out of the box sample, mm. you know, the, the crazy sample, the thing that can get him on cable shows, mm-hmm. you know, streaming shows. Cause he's got a lot of kind of more straight ahead samples. He doesn't have that out of the box sample cause it's. He's mostly worked, and so you're kind of like, what is the purpose of this stuff? But I think mm-hmm. in a in a in a theoretical world, you're always designing something to potentially sell. Mm-hmm. You know, like why not, mm-hmm. right? Like why undercut yourself? Um, but you know, it's really about the idea and like how many places that it could actually get done for. You know, if it's like a period thing, that's going to be an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that is always always the hardest thing to get going is a period show. But then they make them sometimes. Right. You know? And so all you can ever really uh, attack something from is how do we make this as interesting as possible to read mm-hmm. and start from there. You know, and I think that's the thing that I, I feel like is rarely talked about enough is really pushing yourself on a conceptual level mm-hmm. and being like, we got to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. 
How do we make this more interesting? How do we make this more interesting? And not settle for good enough. And that's the thing that's going to make really push your writing forward. But people just think, oh, I just keep rewriting. I keep rewriting. I write more like typing. I'm just typing. And it's like, no, you have to. Typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typing. Well, but like people think like, oh, I typed. I did ten pages today. I did seven pages today. Yeah. Cool, but were they good? Yeah, fine. You know, for me, it's like, are you if you're driving, are you driving towards the right destination? Yeah. Um, and and for that, we spend a lot of time. I do with my clients being like, is this the idea that's interesting enough? Or this is this iteration of the idea interesting enough? You know, I was mm-hmm. we were working on something recently. It's actually a project that even we talked about when mm-hmm. we went to Deer in Austin. Mm-hmm. And then the trailer for a new movie came out and it was very similar. Yeah, I was about the ass. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, uh-oh. Oh, and so shit. we're having to completely like pivot slightly. Yeah, I mean yeah. we're taking we're taking certain elements, but we're mm-hmm. pivoting it completely away from there. Good. You know? Yeah. Um, because we're like, oh, somebody already like smoked us. And honestly, slightly more a more interesting version of that, yeah. you know? Um, and you're like, okay, so we have to pivot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you're always pushing yourself to the, is this the most interesting version of this idea? I agree. And, and I think that, that thinking that being like, oh, am I, am I, have I focused on the most interesting main character? Have I focused on the most interesting, you know, dynamic, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff that goes because it's because you're not seeing it there's not like 10 pages out in front of you it's more like theoretical mm-hmm. um that it doesn't get lauded as much as as you know the, the i wrote 10 pages today does you mm-hmm. know but i think it's as important and honestly it might be more important because i think if you have an amazing concept the pages flow a bit more easily mm-hmm. than if you have yeah. something Facts. kind of more familiar more generic you know and you know that that's that's I think that's what we're really focusing on when we're working with my clients is a we're trying to get everything to be as good as possible. I mean everything's a sample and everything's potentially a pilot. You know, I mean like um, famously Sean Ryan wrote the Shield yeah. as a sample. He's like, oh, I'll write at the end of it. This cop shoots another cop. The lead yeah. cop shoots another cop. He's like, I just want to write a balls out sample yeah. that would get me you know attention. Because um, I'd never seen that before. He's like, never in a what my million years did I think someone would actually want to make it. Yeah. You know, um, Mad Men was originally just yeah. a sample. Wow. Uh, I mean, like I think that's not to say Matt Weiner didn't want to get. No, it, he but, wanted HBO to pick it up, but they passed. Right. Well, I'm yeah. saying pro- I was post Sopranos. Right. That got him onto Sopranos. Yeah. So think about how long mm-hmm. Mad Men was. Oh, on he had it for like when he wrote it. Did ten years or some. Before, yeah, or eight exactly. or ten years before. It exactly. Got so this is my thing: is everything in the right situation becomes something. Yeah. You know. Oh, that's a great quote. We're using that. Um, also, <laughs> how uh, how much material are you looking for? from a writer per year so let's say tv writer and feature writer i'd say a feature writer i'd love to get at least one feature a year yeah at least yeah um tv writer one pilot a year two would be great yeah two would be great and i think it's more doable than two features a year but um i i'll tell you what i'd rather one amazing pilot than two okay pilots i'm listen Mm -hmm. yeah i hear you um what uh all right so another thing is is one thing i run into with writers and you briefly talked about it for a second is like writers are always like why do managers say my pilot will not sell Mm -hmm. is like because some of them are like i write a pilot and the manager's like all right look this is not going to sell but we're going to use it as a sample um it's interesting uh I had an iteration of a conversation like that. It actually wasn't me saying it, it was the agent saying it. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to do in that situation is set uh, is set 
expectations properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, all reps do all day long is talk to producers and talk to buyers. Well, mm-hmm. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Mm-hmm. So we have a decent sense when you're like, hey, I've written this thing. I mean, for me, um, I, I'm pretty involved with my clients in terms of their concepts and, yeah. and, the, and the process. So it's rare to me that it'll be the when the script is done, it's the first time they're hearing of it, you right. know? Um, it's really, you know, they're working on something, I'll be telling them very early on, hey, this is an uphill battle to yeah. actually getting this done. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, in terms of why, I think they're setting expectations low. Yeah. Maybe they supersede them. And, you know, maybe sometimes the reason they're saying that is because they don't love the pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they're trying to say in a polite way yeah. is I'm not going to take this up super wide because I don't think it's as strong as your life. Here's the thing. If you read a, if you're an executive and you read a pilot from someone and you thought, wow, this is great. I love this. This is amazing. And you're putting on all the radio lists and then another pilot comes in and she's not as good as the last pilot. Mm-hmm. You're like, Maybe this guy isn't as good as the writers I thought mm. he was, right? Mm-hmm. Why disabuse? Mm-hmm. And so that might be what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you can be like, well, that's not true. It's an, it's even better, right? <laughs> but they have to make a judgment call. Everything new is better. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so I think that's that might be what's going on. It's hard yeah. to say, uh, you know, every situation is kind of different. But I think, A, they're either setting expectations um, low because they don't believe it fits what the marketplace is looking for based on their yeah. conversations, which to be fair, that's what they do all day. That's, you know, a big difference between reps and writers is what True. we do all day is talk to the people who are looking to buy material and, and writers, I, uh, writers more often will talk to one per- They're like, I want hiking. And then, and they said, everybody wants rom-coms now. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and they put it on Twitter and they get like 10,000 likes. From and, another writer friend. Yeah. Well, yeah, or like 10, writing their rom-com. And they talk to another executive and, yeah. and then 10,000 likes on Twitter. And they're like, rom-coms are back. And you're like, yeah, I haven't heard that from anybody, but okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's all we do all day long. Yeah. Because you know, that's the job. I viewed, like, you don't have to read the trades. If you don't want to, if you do, great. Um, but our, my job is to read everything, to talk to everybody. So you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but then also it might be that your script isn't as good as the last one mm-hmm. and that's why and they're trying to find a polite way to say it mm-hmm. that's a good point yeah. um before we come around to the end uh i definitely want to ask you because bellevue is definitely always <coughs> in the year in blacklist mm-hmm. which is writers you know biggest obsession <laughs> yes like every writer it, it's three things they want mm-hmm. manager mm-hmm Blacklist, staffed on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also like a top tier agency would be would nice. Yeah, so they can put in their Twitter bio. <laughs> that too. But I will say, um, even if could you, you don't have it in your Twitter bio, are you really wrapped? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so if you go check his Twitter bio. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit, I think I don't have anything in mind. But um, can you briefly talk about? The blonde ambition, like the idea, the tone, and how you went about the it. Specifically, the blonde ambition. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll do the kind of the short version, which is Please. when I went to film school at NYU, uh-huh. I took a, a, a music class. I, kind of a, I think it's just a music class with um, a great journalist, writer, author called Nelson George. Mm-hmm. Um, Fire, I know. Yeah, you know Nelson. Yeah, yeah, amazing, Fire. amazing. I took I took class twice. That's how much I liked yeah, Nelson. Um, and this amazing guy and so he brought in this is back in like 99 2000 he brought in or it could have been 2001 I took the class twice and he brought in Jellybean Benitez and Jellybean Benitez was a huge uh, DJ in the 80s um, and he had and he would not have known this I've not he'd not come in he had become Madonna's 
he had worked on a kind of remix of Madonna's first album, brought on the song Holiday, or song Hol- worked on song Holiday, mm-hmm. and then also he and Madonna started dating, and then eventually they'd broken up. And there was just something about the way he talked about it that really struck me as kind of almost a star is born kind mm-hmm, of thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. although obviously with the, the tragedy. Um, and it always stuck in my brain. Um, cut to uh, like almost 20 years later, no, like 15 years later or so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Elise and I are dating and mm-hmm. we're talking about cool ideas. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, maybe Madonna. And she's like, oh, well, what about Madonna exactly? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, when I was at film school and I told the Jelly Bean Binnies mm-hmm. thing, she's like, oh, that's interesting. And so she started doing the research and, mm-hmm. and she spent, it took her a couple of years to write the script, okay. maybe at least a year and a half. Um, and because she had a day job, she was working as an assistant at Universal Pictures. And then right. she was working as a assistant fresh off the boat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she... And this is back when she was like in her mid twenties, uh-huh. you know. And she, you know, her friends were all going out and partying, and and she was staying in on a lunch break. She was staying in on weekends and writing her writing her outline, doing her research, writing the script, Fire. you know. Yeah. Um. And yes, yeah, so we finally took and we finally took it in twenty sixteen. We took it into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh. And I remember telling my now in laws, um, because Elise is my wife. Um, I was like, yeah, we're never selling that because yeah. we don't control Madonna's life rights. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. don't have her music. Yeah, of course. And they're like, well, then once you work on it for her, I'm like, well, it's going to get at least on the blacklist mm-hmm. to get her a lot of notice and maybe help her get staffed on mm-hmm. like, you know, a TV show. Um, and then it uh, took off way beyond our wildest yeah. dreams and Mike DeLuca came on to produce it mm. and he, they ended up selling it to Universal. Universal yep. bought it, yep. uh, which is really amazing. That kind of launched her, her career. Oh, yeah. Um, and since then, you know, she worked on a, a you know a lot more music movies as well. Mm-hmm. But since you know a lot of other stuff, you know, um, most recently Freaky Friday too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was kind of this crazy journey where, in you know, I've even gotten to the fact part of the of it where Madonna when they came on the trades, Madonna went started attacking Elise by name on her oh Instagram and calling her a snake. Oh and it was the week of our wedding. Oh. So, yeah, it was a really, really, really crazy, crazy, crazy time. We well, you know you've done something good when, yeah. <laughs> when you well, kick the hornet's nest. It's funny because there's a part in the script where um, Madonna is reading about Cher basically disses Madonna, which really happened in real life. Yeah. And her boyfriend's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And Madonna just turns and goes, um, yeah, Cher knows my name. Damn. And Nanachka Khan, who yeah. uh, had been Elise's boss at Fresh Off the Boat, and mm-hmm. when she was friendly, was, was good with, was close with, um, she was like, um, she was like, uh, she was reading the script and she's like, I was reading that and I was like, oh my God, Madonna knows your name, Elise. Right. You know, That's it's fire. kind of this full circle kind of situation. Way. Yeah, it was, it's, it's pretty crazy. And that, that script still has a lot of fans around town to this oh. day and kind of really launched her career. Fire. All right, last question. What are five scripts that you think upcoming writers should read? Uh, TV or film? You know, that's a really good question. And, and the uh, the sad truth is I don't really read a lot of stuff that isn't my client's material that's anymore. Good um, and so what I end up recommending to people is Please. really based on what we're working on. Like I remember okay. recently I, I have, we're working on this kind of dark film noir with mm-hmm. an unreliable, uh, with a, with a protagonist who's a very unreliable ally. And mm-hmm. so I'm a huge fan of devil in a blue dress. Fire. So I had I him watch the movie and yeah. read the screenplay because mouse is one of the great characters of all time. Of all time. And yeah. I mean, you could, I'm still shocked they haven't made a TV show out of that. 
Um, just sucks. I guess the period aspect makes it hard, but still, yeah, come on. Easy rolling. That should be amazing. Easy rolling. Let's, let's do that. So, you know, that was like a specific one. Michael Clayton's one I, I go back to. I think Tony Gilroy's writing style is, is, is truly inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that I like to I think about a lot. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the stuff that I wrote when I was trying to be a writer. And like mm-hmm. uh, the OC pilot, yep. I always felt was really clean. Yep. On the comedy side, My Name is Earl. Yep. That is a really clean window yeah. of very yeah. high concept. I feel like the show's kind of been forgotten a little bit, but that had a really. I didn't reboot it. Win. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're gonna. I'm sure they're Don't gonna. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> it's it's really. I think I think if you want to be a writer in particular genre, you steep. If you're working on something, I always like my clients. If we're working on something, I want them to steep themselves Facts. in all the things that are around. Mm-hmm. Listen to the music, watch mm-hmm. the movies, mm-hmm. read the screenplays, and almost through a pr- process of osmosis Mm -hmm. kind of you know consciously or subconsciously kind of you know be like oh you know i was watching this and what if we did Mm -hmm. uh, we flipped that on it and we went attacked it this way Mm -hmm. you know um so you know that's i always talk to people i'm like oh you know look at the fight scene in the firstborn identity and we should Mm -hmm. not not the movie i mean the movie yes but the screenplay but Mm -hmm. like look at how it's written and how do we find a way to kind of attack Mm -hmm. things that way or hey you know check out this scene and that or that Mm -hmm. that. for me that's what it's about is looking at the specific situations Mm -hmm. or the specific references for your screenplay so i wish i had like hey every writer should read this Mm -hmm. but uh this this that that was good enough Mm -hmm. um um, where can people follow you? Um, and I'm sure they'll find you to send queries because you get so many all the time. But where are you at? Uh, I am, for my sins, as you know, <laughs> on Twitter, John Zazerny. Yeah. Um, I don't accept anyone on Instagram because that's yeah. just me putting it's up, too as personal. you probably know, say, just me putting up endless photos of my yeah. daughter. So, I so love those photos, by I know, I know. She's a star. She she's is. A star. She is. Um, and then, you know, if you're looking to find it, send a query to us, that uh, email address, info at Bellevue Prods, Come that's on. on our website, you know. Um, that's the way to do the, the query stuff. But again, if you have any questions, people have questions for me. Yeah, you they usually can, they tweet can, about it. Like yeah, usually, they, yeah, they if, can if hit me up cordial. on Twitter, or they can just talk about me on Reddit, and I'll find it. <laughs> and I'll find it. Like, and answer it on Twitter the next well, time. I'll, well, I'll find it three months later or something when I decide <laughs> when I'm really when there's nothing going on on Twitter, and I just yeah. have to check Reddit to see if people are shit talking to me. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! Look, we appreciate it. We're gonna have to get you back for part two, maybe even with Zach. That'll be interesting. Mm, and uh, yeah. Uh, Mel, another good episode. Another great episode. Don't, Don't send a query to on us. Christmas. And to, and to us. Oh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> Don't send a query on Christmas. And don't send it to us. Yeah. Yeah. But do rate us five stars. Yes, because. And 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 also leave us a, a, a rave review. Yes. People aren't leaving reviews. They're, they're not rating five stars and they, they need to get on top of it. Listen, people out there, please write a review. It helps us in the algorithm of whatever of this life. stuff is. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Two Writers Talking Shit is an original podcast created by Melanie Mars and Saeed Crumpler. Our producer is Kayla Guest. Our audio engineer is T. Kelly. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you damn well please. All we ask is that you subscribe, rate us five stars, and give us a glowing review. If you're not going to give us five stars or any glowing reviews, then why even log on? Save your rants for an open mic. If you have any questions for us, and I do mean any, you can email us at twowriterstalkingshit at gmail.com. That's the number two, and then writerstalkingshit at gmail.com. See you next episode. Bye.